It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. Welcome to The Ted Huff Show. Today's guest is Jennifer Waller, a happiness architect teaching women how to transform their lives into the life of their dreams. Dream, creating a safe, nurturing, loving environment for them to play with Glamper's Paradise. She also makes a damn good skincare with Celtic Complexion. Well, Jennifer, welcome to the Ted Huff Show. Super excited to have you on. I, I can't wait to start diving into your, your story. I, I love it. We had a brief discussion about it a few days ago. Really excited to share it with everybody. Um, it's an interesting journey, so I'm, I'm really excited to share it with everyone. Who is Jennifer today? Well, hello, everybody. Thanks for having me, Ted. I'm excited to be on your, your launch of your show. Um, I would describe myself as I am joy, I am love, I am happiness, and I inspire others to live a beautiful life, whatever that means to them. Had you asked me a year ago even or two years ago, I would have put myself in a box and said, I'm an artist and skincare maker, but there's so much more. <laughs> How did you end up in the artisan skincare? Well, I think it was kind of predestined. I, my very first job was working for Estee Lauder when I was still in high school. And uh, my mom took me to a fancy department store and I was mesmerized by all the beautiful ladies behind the counter. And um, I just remember having the very conscious thought of, I want to work there because my mom never wore makeup. I mean, she, she does a little bit, but she, she wouldn't classify herself as a glamour girl, but I just was just attracted to it like a moth to a flame. And um, when I got into high school, I suffered from a condition called rosacea, which is a reddening of the skin, which is very typical with people with a Celtic background like I do. Um, and I was very self-conscious of it. So I, I wanted to learn how to do makeup so I could cover it. So I started at 17 and uh, basically have never left the industry. <laughs> that was many, many years ago. So, um, I, I just, it's, it's in my blood as they say. So how do you make the transition between traditional cosmetic world over to the, the organic, all natural, well, nur um, skin nourishing. Well, I'll tell you the, the transition from worker bee to entrepreneur, um, I, as soon as I read Estee Lauder's biography when I was 17, because it's part of the job description that you have to read it, I thought to myself, I can do this. I want to do this. I didn't have the, the gumption to say I want to do it better. I just remember thinking, I want to do this. This is something I want to do. But of course, you're a kid. You don't know, any, you don't know how to get from here to there. So you just kind of put it in the back of your mind as like a seed. Um, well, all through my course of, I'd say the first 13 years of my, of being in the industry, I had access to all the best skincare, um, because it's part of your job. You get all this stuff given to you. It's, it's gratis because they want you to sell it obviously. And you know, all the top brands that you've ever heard of when you walked into Nordstrom or Macy's or, or Neiman Marcus, I had it in my bathroom, but I still had rosacea and I was still red and I still felt really self-conscious going out without any makeup on. So by a kind of a chance encounter, which I don't believe in chance encounters anymore, but at the time I thought it was a chance encounter. I met a woman who was uh, an esthetician. She was a holistic esthetician. I was working in San Francisco at the time and uh, she took one look at me. We had a little conversation and she said, I can, um, 
I can help your rosacea. And I kind of rolled my eyes again. You think you know it all when you're, you know, you're young. And I said, you know, well, with due respect, I said, I use the very best skincare out there. And if it hasn't worked, I don't know what you can do to help me. And I, you know, and she goes, just come on in. I know that I can help you. And I, I want to give this to you as my gift. So I went in and I brought in all my stuff. And basically she took all the bottles and instead of looking at the labels of the name, she turned around them and started reading the ingredients. And she said, um, you know, you're using six, seven, eight products a day. And all, you know, every one of those products has, you know, 20 or 30 ingredients. And do you, do you even know what you're putting on your skin? And to be honest, I was really good at selling the products, but I, I didn't know what actually was in it. I'm not a chemist. So I just was kind of repeating the scripts that, you know, the, the people, I mean, that my trainers had given me. So the answer was no, I didn't exactly know, but it did say for sensitive skin. Um, but she said, what you need to do is get off all of these products, put yourself on a skincare and cosmetic diet, take all of those products, put them underneath your sink and use straight coconut oil on your skin. And I thought she was absolutely crazy. And, um, I couldn't even conceive that how coconut oil would work better than these expensive products that I were, I was using, but I kind of did it as a test just to prove her uh, wrong. <laughs> um, but also for me, because I thought, wow, my life up until that point had been with blinders on, um, I'm just going to repeat like a parrot what my, the companies that I work for say to me. So I did it. And sure enough, as you can imagine how the story ends, um, you know, within a month, my skin never looked better. And I kind of never looked back. I kind of was at a, I was about 30 and I was at a crossroads. And I thought I've got this really cushy job. I was a beauty director for Nordstrom. I was traveling. I thought that I had everything that I, I wanted. Um, but there's something inside of me that said, this is not right. All of a sudden, it's kind of like when you know better, you do better. So rather than go back and try and change the system of the companies that I work with, because literally I was, I'd go back and my colleagues would say, what are you doing with your skin? It looks really great. What are you doing with your skin? And, you know, my customers would ask me that. And I just, you know, I couldn't really tell them what I was doing. So I thought I have to just take a left at Albuquerque and do something different. So that was the first time in my life that I decided to just, just go, just do something different. So I left and I went to become an esthetician. I focused on um, holistic studies and I mentored with her a little bit and she taught me how to make my own skincare products. And um, that led me down a whole rabbit hole of, it's not just the, the products that you're putting on your face, your skin is absorbing all these chemicals, but all the food that you're eating, you know, and that's a whole nother show that we can talk about, but you know, it's the air that you're breathing. It's the clothes that yeah. you wear, the chemicals that in your clothes. And, you know, I, I guess I'm in the anti-aging business. And when somebody <laughs> asks me, I, when I guess I, when I wouldn't have asks, thought about it that way. Well, when somebody asked, if somebody would ask me when I was 30, what, um, you know, what's going to make me look younger. I had a serum to show you, or I, I had a product to show you, but it's, it's about your lifestyle. It's about what you're eating, what you're drinking, what, you know, how you're exercising, how you're managing your stress, what you're thinking actually. So now um, I'll be 15, two months and I feel and look better now than I did ever in my twenties or thirties. And it's because I think I made that left turn. So knock on wood, it hasn't been easy. Being an entrepreneur is never easy, but um, it's the right thing to do. And it was the right thing for me. And I, I could never go back. So is that um, something that that you're 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 used to seeing uh, is with your family? Did you grow up in a family that was was very entrepreneurial? That was very um, again, I guess I would say against the grain. Or how, how did how did how did you build up or or get to a point where you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this? I mean, obviously the 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 skin reaction, your, your learn learnings from that really helped, but 
was there anything in, in your early childhood or, I mean, did you go to school yes. for business? I mean, how, how did you, how did no. you make that leap? <laughs> okay. Um, I had the perfect blend of two parents. My mom was a worker bee type that worked for Pan Am Airlines for 30 years, the same job for 30 years. So I got, I think, my work ethic from my mom and the importance of persistence um, and organization. My dad was a larger-than-life entrepreneur, um, short fuse, big personality who would take chances. And, you know, it's funny – you know, being a, a child, these make such impressions on you. So with my dad, we were either living life up here or it was top ramen. It, it, there was no in between. Um, so it was kind of a very interesting childhood. And my dad really encouraged me to always do something um, on my own terms, which had always stuck with me. But I wasn't a business person. I'm an artist at the end of the day. Um, so it, that was my, I guess, my blinders when I decided, okay, I want to get out of here. I started making product. I rented a little room. I started doing facials and people were really responding to my products, but it's one thing to make products and have your friends and family and your small you know, sphere of clients saying you're really, really great. And then having come from what I'd call big cosmetic um, industry, I know what it takes to do business. I, and I kept thinking, you know, I'm not a CEO. I'm not a I don't, I hate math. I, I, I'm not an accountant. Um, so all of these things were objections and they were objections. And as the years went on, I kept thinking, oh, I have plenty of time. I have plenty of time. <laughs> and when, when the, when the economy took a dump in 2008, I had a, a friend at the time who I would always tell my, you know, my dreams to or whatever. And he said to me, why don't you know now's the perfect time if there's ever time to start a business it's right now because i had lost my i lost one of my big a big job that i was on and um he said you've got the time to do it and i was thinking to myself like but how am i gonna get the money and he said you know money is easy to come by it's good ideas that are hard to come by so you know i've heard you talk about this forever and here here's a ten thousand dollar check go start your business and oh my goodness you know, i told you earlier when we spoke that that was like a hundred thousand to me, or, you know, I just couldn't even conceive somebody writing a $10,000 check, which I learned now that that goes very quickly. <laughs> That's a drop in the bucket. And, and I think that as an entrepreneur, when you have a dream inside of you, nothing is going to stop you. And I kind of think if I knew too much how to do things, it would have scared me away from ever trying it. So I basically was living on, um, I remember this. I remember my tax returns from that year. I made $12,500 that year doing aesthetics in a little room. I was living with four roommates in a very nice neighborhood because I, I knew how to DIY and get the best of things. So I wanted to live in the best neighborhood, but I couldn't afford the rent. So I said, okay, I'm going to get some roommates and rent these rooms out, which is exactly what I did. And that's, that's a sacrifice that you make. I didn't enjoy doing that, but I did it. Um, and I would come home from my, um, you know, doing aesthetics um, doing facials and whatnot. I come home and I pack orders and I would, I learned how to do the labels. I do the graphic design. I learned how to do the photography, every single thing to do with the business with the exception of accounting, which I still suck at. I learned how to do. <laughs> um, and, and it's just amazing. And I think that, um, in this day and age, it's so powerful to be an entrepreneur or to start something different because I think in the past, I would say, you know, before this time in history, you know, you went to school, you went to college, you had a path and that's what you had to do. And there was no other way. You had to pretty much decide by the time you were 20 or 22 what to do. And I personally think that life experience gives you a lot more 
a lot more ways to do things and teaches you a lot more than a structured school does. So with your question, did you go to business school? No, I went to aesthetic school, but I read all the time. And I have a quote here because I knew we were going to talk. Uh, Earl Nightingale said it. He said many years ago that one hour per day of study and that in your chosen field was all it takes to become an expert. Um, one hour per day of study will put you at the top of your field within three years. Within five years, you'll be a national authority. And in seven years, you can be one of the best people in the world at what you did, uh, what you do. And I never forgot that. I heard that from one of my mentors that I, and I thought, well, I can study. Okay. I don't have a lot of money, but there is Amazon and I can buy used books and there's the library. So my, what I call anti-aging library is very, very extensive. Whatever it is that you want to do, whoever's watching this, you can do it. I promise you. Somebody else has broken the barrier and has beaten a path and you need to find that person and find out what they did. And I'll, you know, kind of bring it around to like anti-aging. So in my industry, I don't study the good looking girl on Instagram who's touting a new product. I study the 80 year old who is healthy and who is um, living life. And if I looked at her, I'd think that she was 50 because she's doing something right that I want to do. And I think we kind of get skewed now with social media that, um, you know, we're very celebrity driven in this era. I'm not even looking at those. They're paid shills. I mean, that's kind of what they are. You want to go to the person that's underneath the radar that's doing exactly what you're doing and find out exactly what they're doing and, and repeat it and then put your own little secret sauce on it and make do it your own spin. That's what I've done. You mentioned something in there that a lot of people don't realize is that the advertisements, the endorsements, the <laughs> it doesn't matter from what, what we were talking about before is it doesn't really matter whether they use your product or not, it's whether they get paid for it or not. In that type of an environment, how how have you, you know, succeeded in spite of of that pay to play? How do you believe you've okay. succeeded at that? In the beginning, I thought my product's really great and I have a very niche market of people who my product works really good for. So all I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write a, a letter to the publicist or the agent of the the whoever, the celebrity, and just let them know why. I was so naive. Don't ever do that. Don't waste your time doing that if, <laughs> if anyone's watching this. Because um, I know a lot of celebrities use our products because our products are in the hands of a lot of celebrity makeup artists. And I get feedback from them. I know, you know, we're on a friendly basis, but they, unless you're going to pay them to talk about your product, they're not going to talk about it. I was in a lot of celebrity gift baskets at award shows early on in my career, but it's all pay. I mean, I paid for all that to be in there for placement. Usually it would end up in, you know, I don't know, probably the housekeeper's <laughs> gift basket or something. Um, the executive so assistant, did, uh, something did, like that. Exactly. So I brought it back to, okay, you know what? I am completely closing the door on celebrity and stardom and fame and all that kind of stuff because I think that's a little bit of your ego too. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it feels Vogue good. Called, yeah, Vogue called tomorrow and said, we want to do a spread on how wonderful your products are. I'm not going to say no. So Vogue, if you're watching. Um, but it comes down to what puts dinner on my table is relating to the customer who my products work for. I decided to say, okay, here's my niche market. Here are my customers. And I'm going to focus exclusively on them and make them the stars, make them the celebrities. And that's how I got success. Oh, that's that, that is get, getting out of the mindset of doing it the way yes. that everybody else has been doing it is, is not easy. Exactly. Uh, are, exactly. Are th and there's, to be honest, there's too much competition. I mean, if you're if you're a small company, no matter if you're in cosmetics or whatever business you're in, I can't compete with an Estee Lauder corporation. I know how much. I just know in one store what their budget was for advertising or or, or marketing for one store. Um, I 
in my wildest dreams, I couldn't do that. So that's why we don't even, um, my marketing strategy is not even to be into in stores because you're even paying for the placement, the product placement within that store, whether you go on the main shelf or whether you go on the end cap at the bottom and get forgotten about. Um, so I learned all of that, um, in my years working for other cosmetic companies. So I knew I worked for different size cosmetic companies and they all, you know, I worked for a lot of owners and I knew what their struggles were. So when I started mine, my history of being in the industry for so long, I said, eh, I'm not going to do that. And plus my most important value is time and freedom. Um, you have to get very clear on what is the most important value to you. And a lot of people think it's money. And I, I'll be honest, at one point in my life, I thought it was money. And I later found out it's not money because I've lived on, you know, five figures. I've lived on seven figures. And to be honest, it's, it's all relative. And the money, is, the money does not bring you happiness. If you can't be happy making 12500 <laughs> um, then you're not going to be happy, you know, making over a million. It just doesn't work like that. So I just like to keep it simple. And my most important value is time and freedom. I like to be able to come and go, which is why we have a web store only so we can do some traveling and I can spend time with, you know, the most people, most important people in my life. Through this whole process, I know you've hit on a bunch of learning lessons and we'll come to that, that later. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned through the whole process? I know you, I think you've hit it on it a couple of times, but I, I want to bring it all the way and put some focus. What, what do you think the biggest thing that you've learned through this whole process? Oh God, that's, it's hard to pinpoint to one. Um, I would have to say that when you believe in yourself, don't doubt it. And, you know, one of the biggest lessons it wasn't a hard lesson, but I guess at the time it was hard. And now looking back, it wasn't so hard. You have to edit ruthlessly your life and you, you have to shut down the noise. If you really want to get from point A to point B, all the naysayers in your life, you need to push them aside. You need to not give them front and center time in your life because they're going to be pulling you down, pulling you down. And even these so-called well-meaning friends or family that you think they're doing it out of love, um, they they don't believe in you. And over time that tends to, you know, that tends to chisel away at your confidence to go and do something. The person that you are at 20, when you have a dream or 18 or however old I was, I think I was 17. The person that you are, that immature kid making stupid mistakes is not the person that you are at 40 when you want to start a company. And if you're surrounding yourself with people that still see you as that kid, they're never, ever going to see you as the CEO ever. Um, so one of the hardest things, growing lessons for me was I had to work on my internal self and what I was attracting to me and um, things of that nature. It had nothing to do with business because quite frankly, you can outsource everything in business, but it's more of the internal work because once you believe in yourself, there is no stopping. Now, nowadays, when I want something, I write it down, I stick it on a vision board and uh, it comes true. I'm a manifester. That's, that's what I do. And um, anybody can achieve anything that they want, no matter what it is. Um, by following that method, but you've got to turn off the naysayers. And if, if somebody comes back to you and says, well, I'm just telling you like it is, I tell you, um, no, you want to tell it like you, you want it to be. Because if you keep repeating the same story of why you can't get something, you're going to keep getting more of the same. Your biggest lesson really was to, to learn how to <laughs> edit out all of the things that were distracting you from what you really wanted to accomplish. Exactly. And it's, when you put yourself first, um, which, you know, that sounds very selfish and it is, but it, it, 
if you're not happy and your cup is not filled, you can't give to anybody. And I know in my industry, I see so many women because, you know, that's my industry that are, you know, they get to be, they're in their forties and they're having their kids and, you know, all of a sudden they're like, wow, I look back and their 25 years went and I didn't ever get my, I didn't get my, you know, whatever in life that they wanted to go after. So I, my message to my own audience is put yourself first, self-care first. Um, and then everything falls into place. Cause if, you know, happy wife, happy life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I know that very well, very well. Uh, so, so we've, we've talked about, you know, the biggest learning lesson and, and having to edit people out. Has there been something in the last two to three years, could be even sooner, um, a belief, a behavior, or a habit that that you have brought into your life that has completely changed it or changed it dramatically. You don't have to be completely, but dramatically changed the way you feel, the way you look at things, the way you approach stuff. Is there something that you've done over that period of time that you could look back and say, that was a turning point or that was a, a piece for me to that really changed the way I live. Yes. When I wake up every morning, um, I go to the, I go into the, you know, the bathroom and I have affirmations all over my bathroom and I just read them. I just, I go and I, you know, read, sometimes I don't read each one each day. And when I first started doing this, to be honest, Ted, I didn't believe it. I thought it was a bunch of, <laughs> I just thought it was a bunch of BS. But you know what? I kept doing it. I kept doing it. Kept doing it. It's kind of like I liken it to exercise. When you start an exercise program and you're 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 very out of shape, um, you can't imagine getting that dream body by going to the gym every day. But you show up, and then all of a sudden, you know, you look back and you're like, "Wow!" Three months went by, and I look and feel like a completely different person. And even though you read the affirmations and you might not believe them, just by saying them and acknowledging them, um, now they're everywhere. They're in my they're in my kitchen, they're in my journal, they're on the back of my phone. Um, and it's just basically, you know, positive affirmations that I can do. And I have all my dreams written on there. And it just it comes true. And people, people now that know me that knew me years ago, that are still in my life say, Wow, that happened so quickly. How did you make that happen? And it's once I once the first thing manifested, um, then I thought, this shit works. <laughs> Pardon me, but I thought, wow, am I the only one that knows the secret? And then you, you know, you go for something a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And now that's how, I mean, my business plan is a vision board. And I know that sounds very, you know, what a woo woo, whatever, but it's true. Uh, every single thing down to the T down to like, I, I wrote a description of the man that I wanted to marry. And I have been married previously before um, my husband that I married to now. And I wrote that um, when I was married to somebody else and I was in a bad marriage, but I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to write it down. I took this workshop. I, I, I've got to get my money's worth out of this workshop. So I'm going to do yeah. the exercise and write the index card. And I tucked it away and kind of forgot about it. And when I, um, attracted my husband, Stephen to my life, he was exactly to a T what I'd written on my vision board, what I'd written on my index card that I put on my vision board that I used it for my wedding vows. It's just, it's, it's so uncanny how that works. I, I just, I don't know. I don't I don't pretend to explain how it works, but. It yeah. Works. So, so you, you bring me to a point and I have to ask this now. Mm -hmm. I normally ask for a favorite quote, but you've, you've, what has been, and you, you can't use the one for your husband. That, that would okay. be cheating. But out of your affirmations, what is the one that you thought would, that when you first wrote it down, you said, there's no way, but now has become that one that is your favorite that you, that 
when you start to doubt yourself, you go back to. God, I have, I probably have a hundred, a hundred. What's um, the first one that comes to mind? Okay, well, okay, I'll tell you the one that I say every day, all the time. I say I am, um, I say that I, I'm healthy, strong, and beautiful. I say that every single day. Um, I haven't been to a doctor in 20 years. I, I, and even when you don't believe you're beautiful, you're having, you're feeling bloated, you're whatever. You just say that. You just say it over and over because I want to program my cells to be healthy, period. That's just it. Because I, to be honest, okay, so time is the most important to me. Freedom is the most important to me. But also health is the most important to me because you can have all the money in the world. But if you're not healthy to enjoy it, it does not mean anything whatsoever. I've met a lot of people with a lot of money and I've met, you know, friends and, and other people that I, don't, that I don't know personally. And they're not happy and they're not healthy. And so I'm thinking, wow, so you've wasted, not wasted, but, you know, you've gone your whole life of trying to make the buck and you can't even enjoy it. So, yeah. Uh, I'm healthy, strong, and beautiful. That's I'm my healthy, favorite one. Healthy, I'm strong, I'm beautiful. That I could see how that I'm would be your favorite. <laughs> that I could definitely see how that could be your favorite. So now that you you've manifested all of these these great things, what is it you're what is it you're manifesting now? I'm in the positive vibration business, basically, and I'm going to to pick one word that's going to define my whole year. And, you know, we've all read those memes. We've all read that stuff yeah. that comes on Facebook and you look at it and you go, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Boom. On to the next thing. But I really read the whole thing and I took it to heart. And my word for this year is play. And one of the reasons I chose play is because of all the crap that's going on in the world right now. I mean, every single time, I mean, you can't turn anywhere without being bombarded by negativity. And I wanted a way to shut all of that off. And, um, so play is the word I chose. And I said, you know what? The first, um, the first thing that I'm going to ask of anything that I'm, I'm going to work on this year, is this fun? Will this bring me joy? Okay. So <laughs> in this year alone, I've learned how to now hear me all out here. I've learned to sew, to make wardrobe costumes. I've learned to do photography, like real photography, not cell phone photography. Um, I've learned to build things, which sounds totally crazy. And I've created a, um, a set, if you will, I've created an Airbnb, um, on our, on our house that we use for photo sessions. And, uh, you know, women can come here for like solo retreats and, it is so much fun because they come, they get to disconnect from, uh, you know, from husbands and and husbands and kids and stresses. And, um, then I get to just basically empower them to become the icon that they are. So we play dress up and I know this sounds crazy, but you know, we're think back when we were kids, all of us wanted to play. Now I don't know what you wanted to play with, but you know, as a little girl, typically a scenario is you want to play dress up. You want to, you know, that trunk. I remember having this trunk as a kid and there were different costumes in there, but you know, as you get older, you can't do that anymore. You know, maybe you save for your wedding or whatnot, but they come to my house and they get to wear some fabulous costumes. I get to take some amazing pictures of them and we get to talk about how to incorporate play and how to, um, incorporate joy in their lives because there's a lot of, um, joyless people out there and it shows up on their face. So initially they kind of interact with me you know, to buy a face cream or something to make them look younger, but it's, it's an inside job. So that's what I'm doing this year. And I'm just having so much fun at it. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. So, so you said build stuff. You got, you got me kind of, what oh, types curious? of things are you building? Yeah. Yeah. What, what are the fun things that you're building that you're playing uh -huh. with? Well, I get a vision in my head 
um, of something I want to create. So I get inspired by something, which is usually Pinterest, usually at one in the morning while my husband's sleeping. <laughs> and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a running joke in our family because he is the Pinterest dream maker. So he does like the, he does like the mechanical parts of things that, you know, I want to create, but basically they're props. So I go, I sit in my backyard and we have a huge backyard. We're on two and a half acres and I sit in the backyard and no matter where I look, I think if a guest comes here, whether it be a photographer or whether it be a you know, woman who wants to come for Airbnb retreat, I think I want her to see beauty no matter where she looks, which, um, you know, have you ever gone on a vacation and you see the picture in the trip advisor? you know, description, and then you get there and it doesn't ever live up to the expectations. I mean, yeah, I, think I would all, say more times uh, than not. Yeah. <laughs> so you've, you're kind of let down. So I thought, well, when people come here, I want them to say, say to themselves, um, this is far, this far exceeds my expectations more than anything that I've ever, ever seen. I want it to feel like that. So I, I you know, I create things for them to feel that way. So whether it be, you know, props or usually it involves flowers of some sort. Um, it involves a, you know, a piece of furniture that they can feel gorgeous in. Um, it's a dress that they can feel gorgeous in. It's something that they can do that they would never normally do back home. So it's, you know, you know, that saying um, you want to create a life that you don't need a vacation from. Yeah. That's one of my, that's one of my affirmations that I have. And uh, I don't ever, I mean, I, I do travel, but I always would rather be home. I'd rather go in my backyard. Uh, you know, that's that's interesting because uh, that's a, a running theme from the folks that I've spoken to that they, they like to be in their home space. Um, yes. But when it's time to go out, it, it's time to go out. Um, oh, yeah. So Definitely. That, that's, well, before, before I created this, Back, you know, when I was younger, I always, I never wanted to be home. I always wanted to go out. I always wanted to travel. And I think traveling is very, very important. But um, now I just, coming home is, a, it's an oasis to me. And that's, I think, what you work towards. I mean, that to me is success. The, the definition of success is you're at peace and you love where you live and you're content with what you have. Go in and just kind of, you know, you mentioned you have a, a huge library that you've purchased uh, over time to to teach yourself, to educate. I, I don't like to use the word teach because it means that you're memorizing information. Educate to me means that you're learning it and you're putting it into practical use. So what have you educated yourself with and what, if you were to pick two books, what two books would you say have made the biggest impact in your education? I think you, I think you even called it, you hacked your education. Yeah, I did hack my education. Well, I'll tell you, I have my, my, my library is broken into marketing. Um, it's broken into copywriting. It's broken into skincare, you know, holistic things. And then what I would call spiritual. So I have my favorite authors out of all of them. Um, I would say for, the person who influenced me the most in marketing was Dan Kennedy. He's, he tells you everything like the tell it straight kind of person. And from him, I learned how to follow other marketers and other copywriters. So I would say, um, read everything you can from Dan Kennedy. What helped me the most are, um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, his work, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Abraham Hicks, of course, of, uh, you know, just, just realizing that I am completely responsible for myself. Nobody else is responsible for my happiness but me, which is sometimes a hard pill to swallow when you're younger, you know, because any, anything that's messed up in your life, you tend to look externally for it. And when you realize every single thing is an inside job and you work to correct that, you, you start to see differently. And when you start to see differently, 
you start to attract different things in your life. Um, but that's a lesson that I didn't get until well into my like forties. So, so you, that that so. actually brings me to another question: is when when you when you start to get inside of your head, how do you when you get inside your head and you start to feel overwhelmed or you feel like you just you just can't focus on 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 the things you're working towards? What what is what do you do to to right the ship? I guess you could say. I step back and I do nothing to be honest, because it means that I am not vibrationally aligned with what it is that I want. And, you know, there, there's this, there's this common um, misconception that you have to work hard to get what you want. And I, I used to believe that my dad used to say that. Um, now I, I don't believe that at all. Now I believe that everything to me comes with ease and grace. It doesn't mean things are not challenging. It doesn't mean I'm guessing I don't. that's one of your affirmations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now when something, when something doesn't come to me, um, a couple of things happen. Uh, I, I always step back. Whereas before I try and just push through it, let me just push through it. And, um, now I just say, you know what, I'm just going to give this a few days and, and see if I can think of something better or, or something different. And usually what, what happens Ted, is that a different answer comes to me. And I just have faith that the answer that I need to, the answer that I need to solve this problem will come to me. And you have to look at it as like, you know, just give that affirmation. The right answer is now coming to me with ease and grace. And I'm just going to put it on the back burner and completely forget about it. And that's what happens. And usually it's something much, much greater than um, what you had originally thought. Wow. That, that is um, almost counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's you would think you would need to like double down and just really just work on it, work on it, work on it until you've got it figured no. out. But no, you just, your I, you know, your mind needs space to kind of let the answer come to you. And if you're focused only on a problem, you're just going to get more problems of why it's not going to work. And this works in all aspects of your, of your, um, of your life, not just, you know, the business part of it. You know, it, I, this reminds me, this question reminds me of a, um, a comedy sketch I saw with Steve Harvey once. And he <laughs> said when he became famous, all the relatives would call out of the woodwork because they would want money usually. And he'd say, I have a, I have a new philosophy now. I don't call anybody back for two weeks and usually they've solved their own problem. <laughs> so that's what I do. I kind of just say, I'm going to take this back. And, you know, luckily I'm with a partner um, I'm very lucky that Steve will remind me of that um, because, you know, even all of these things that, you know, I, I don't want you to give you the misconception that I think like this 100% of the time. It's not like that. You kind of slip back into bad habits. It's kind of like clean eating or exercising when you're doing it and you're in the zone. You're like, I am never not exercising again. I'm never eating sugar again. And, you know, next thing you know, you're at a birthday party and, you, you know, well, I don't have to tell you. So you just kind you're of have at a to birthday get back party, eating a piece yeah. of gluten-free cake totally. with tons yeah, of icing no. on it and with a you're glass like, of wine in your hand. <laughs> yes. Things so, happen. Um, but you know, the difference now is, um, you know, I laugh about this because when I was younger, I thought everything is black or white. You're either really, really good. I'll use diet as an example because I lost 50 pounds two years ago. And I, I always thought you had to either be 100% on all the time or you were, you were under the wagon and it was rolling over you. And what I, what I realized is that some days are going to be, you're going to do better than others. And some days you're going to be awesome and, and not, and not to get so off track with it. And it's the same, it's the same thing with the business, just keeping your eye. I have my vision board where I have what I want to go. And my, you know, I figure my subconscious will figure out how to get me there. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm going to need to get a picture of that vision board. That that's uh, oh. that sounds sounds like it's it's got some really yeah. good stuff on it. 
it does. And you do it every year. And if you do it every year, um, on, it's something that I like to do for, um, on January 1st now is instead of making, instead of making affirmations that usually have a negative, you know, connotation, like you have to do this, you must do this, make a vision board. And it's, it is uncanny how, uh, how things that you'll put on your vision board, even years ago will, will come up the exact same thing. And I, I would hear that. I would hear that in the workshops I'd take. I thought it was all BS. <laughs> I thought they would say that just to like sell the <laughs> workshop. But um, yeah, that happened to me the other day, actually. And I put it on Facebook. I was like, this is a picture of a bike that I wanted. And it was so, it was such a unique bike that, you know, I don't even really bike. And this is the bike that I actually made. Didn't even realize it, that I had put it on my vision board seven years earlier. So that's crazy. Seven, seven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, just imagine if, uh, if the things that we wanted appeared immediately, how much stuff we would have that we really didn't want. I think there is that time lag to, to make you to, to kind of like test your faith. I mean, a lot of times you can even like, I don't watch much TV anymore, but you know, the example is you're looking through the commercials and everything looks good. And you're like, I want that. I want that. I want that. And, um, you know, first of all, that things don't really make you don't bring you the happiness, but you're right. You'd have too much stuff. Um, I think it, that gives you time to edit down like you, what you really, really want. And usually it's the essence of something like you want to make money and you think it's for the sake of making money, but really it's, what is the money going to do for you? And for, for me, money represents freedom. I have the freedom to live the life that I want to live, which is, it's kind of boring. It's sitting in this house, but, <laughs> but it allows you, know? you to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's so. funny you mentioned stuff. One of my favorite all-time uh, comedy skits is George Carlin. Oh, yeah. I love him. And and uh, his skit about stuff. Yeah. So we, we buy a house so we can put stuff in it. Then we buy mm-hmm. a bigger house to put more stuff in it. And when we run out of places to put stuff, we go and get a storage <laughs> unit storage, to put more yeah. stuff in. And when it gets full, we buy a bigger storage unit and put more yeah. stuff in it. So now we just have a bunch of roofs with stuff in it. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. So that, yes, that's one of, that's one of my favorites. And it's interesting that you, you bring that up because that's uh, my wife and I uh, worst case scenario is once a year, we go through a whole, this whole purging thing mm-hmm. of if we've got stuff that we haven't used or doesn't service anymore, we get rid of it. Um, so that, that's been really helpful for us. And, it's been really nice to make us realize the stuff that we have or, and, and actually keeps us from buying more stuff later mm-hmm. uh, because we, we don't want to have to get rid of it. Definitely. <laughs> so, so I, I, the other thing that, that I've noticed uh, is, is uh, yes, I've been stalking your Instagram. So I have to admit mm-hmm. to that. But <laughs> one thing that I noticed in a lot of your photos, um, bathtubs, what's the, what's the thing with bathtubs? Oh. <laughs> Well, again, getting back to that late night Pinterest scroll, um, it actually started uh, two years ago. I took a um, every every summer I take a, a trip with my best friend that I've had since we've been friends since eighth grade, and we drove. Um, where were we going? We were going to LA and back. We live in we live in the Carolinas, and um, I saw this picture on on Pinterest of a um, three friends. They were sitting in clawfoot bathtubs uh, in Utah and on a cliff overlooking it. And I just, I said, look at this, Sandy. I showed her on my phone and I said, I want to do this. I want to do this. And then the reality of it is, is that you go to, you know, I'm a kind of a researcher. So then you go to TripAdvisor and everyone says, you know, it's a dump. They never clean the tubs, you know, 
I, I wouldn't even get in the tub, but the image always stuck in my mind, like to be in an outdoor tub, to be under the stars. Um, just, I don't know. just, I like that. So that, you know, of course, one of my vision board and I, so then I thought, well, what if we could have an outdoor tub at my, at my place at our house? So I started looking for inspiration at what to do, to do a tub. So I came home from that trip. Cause you know, when you're, when you're on a road trip, you have a lot of time when you're dry, you know, it's not all, it's not all Instagram pictures, you know, there's a dead time in, in the between there. Yeah. So I came home and I asked uh, Steve, I said, honey, can you, if, if I get a tub, can we, um, can we do this to it? You know, and he's, it's kind of like a Lucy Desi thing we have going. Like he'll say, okay, here's another, here's another idea. <laughs> Let's see how we can make this happen. So he'll wait till I bring it up three times and he knows I'm serious about it. So it took me about a year to find the perfect tile for it. And then he, he made it beautiful. And I knew that, um, I knew not only would I feel beautiful in that tub outside, but I knew that once we, um, started doing photos back here and doing uh, Airbnb that, you know, women like that women like beautiful things and men don't really care about it. But, you know, for the most part, women, you know, it's, it's, it's a luxury that you, that you see, like we also have an outdoor bed on our property too. And when I brought that one up, that, <laughs> that required a little bit more discussion, but, um, you know, I just, so I, I, would, like I would think that that one would be a little bit harder, especially where you live to keep the critters away. Well, see, don't be a downer now. Okay, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you're exactly correct. That's exactly what my husband said. He said, you know, it's one thing to look at it on Pinterest, but it's a whole other thing to like, there's snakes back there, Jen. There's, there's bugs, there's mosquitoes. And I said, but you know, just think about how beautifully it would be photographed, you know? And um, so what he did is he created a bed uh, frame, a canopy out of PVC pipe. And I painted it and wrapped it with, uh, you know, fake florals, you know, Ivy and whatnot. And we use a, uh, a blow up mattress when we actually have guests here, if they want to go uh, nap out there, we, we don't allow them to, to sleep out there, but for photographs, it looks so dreamy. It just looks absolutely incredible because you have the woods in the background with the sunset that comes through all the shears and it's just, it's just beautiful, but you're right. There's a lot of critters. Yeah, those, those, those sunsets, uh, as you and I talked, I lived in North Carolina for a little while, actually, oh, just cool. a couple miles down the road. I know. How ironic is that? Um, it, it's very, very. Uh, but those sunsets are just unbelievable. So I can only imagine what those photos look like, the feeling back there, um, especially especially for that. It's beautiful. And so like when somebody's looking through, looking for a place to escape, and again, I'm talking about a, a, like, a, like a mom here. She's tired. She just wants two days to sleep in and not be, have to make dinner or whatnot. I want her to come here and have experiences that she would never get anywhere else. Like I know she wouldn't get everywhere else. And because I traveled so much, um, you know, with my mom working for the airlines and I was a, an account executive for cosmetic companies, I traveled all over and they were, you know, they put us up at really beautiful hotels and beautiful spas. So what I did is I kind of made a mental note. And again, I think I, I made it before I was doing vision boards of, I really love that. I love that. I love that. But here's the reality. Like, do I want to put Spanx and makeup on to go out and have that feeling? No, I want to totally do it in my backyard. So, you know, when women come here, that's the kind of experience they're going to get. And they don't, they don't have to dress up for it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and move into the, uh, the fun section where and and I'm told that my idea of fun isn't always everybody else's idea of fun but 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 what I want to do is I want to provide like three key elements I know we've hit on a couple really good ones already but for three three items that someone can take away 
right now and start implementing them in their life? Um, well, I mentioned the two ones, um, you know, create a vision board right now, whatever it is that you want your life to look like, create a vision board, start curating your library. And I have a, um, I have a, um, a quote here, actually, it's from Robert Ringer. And um, it's from his book, Winning Through Intimidation, that I've had on my vision board for 10 years. And I'm going to read it and I will, um, I'll send you a copy of it so you can put it underneath this. Because if anybody thinks they can't do anything, um, Julia Child didn't learn how to cook till she was 49 years old. Think about that. Okay, here's the quote. Um, no one has an obligation, moral, legal, or otherwise, to work his way up through the ranks. Every human being possesses an inalienable right to make a unilateral decision to redirect his career and begin operating on a higher level at any time he believes he is prepared to do so. This means you do not have to wait to be anointed to become who you want to become. You can go from zero to 60 as soon as you're aligned to do so. And you need to know that message every single day. You need to read that message every single day until it kind of resonates with you. All right. So, so I got create a vision board. Yep. I got build your library. Yes. And the third one, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase best I can. Start being the person that you yes. want to be. Act as if. Put those rose-colored glasses on, Ted, and start acting the person that you want to be. Act as if. I like it. I like it. I like it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, like you mentioned, it, I'm going to be putting a whole bunch of stuff in the show notes um, mm -hmm. so, that, so that you can be reached. We can keep track so people can see what, what we've talked about. Sure. Uh, we've, we've gone all over the place. Uh, I'm going to do my best to, to, to make it uh, flow well. Um, <laughs> but so to find you, I know you got a, you've got your, your website. Um, mm -hmm. I'll let you, let you touch on that. Uh, any other ways that if they want to reach out and talk to you, get more information, um, how, how can they, what's the best way and what's, what, where's it <laughs> for them? Okay. Probably the best way, um, is just to send me an email. So that's the old fashioned way, Jennifer at CelticComplexion.com. Um, you can go to our website if you're interested about uh, interested in the best products you've never heard of. And if you want to see all the fun that I'm curating, you can go to Instagram and uh, see uh, look Celtic Complexion is the skincare Instagram and Glampers Paradise is the Airbnb um, Instagram, which is a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed uh, looking at the Glampers Paradise. Uh, it, it just it's it's very inspiring. So I, I got to tell you, you've done a great job, and I appreciate you for 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 taking that that year of play and and sharing it with everyone. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad that I, I inspired somebody, which is why I wore my flower crown today. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Every, well, I, I think it was uh, was you that I was talking to the other day that said every day is a flower crown day. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Who knew that was going to be one of my hobbies? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I had so much fun. Lots Thanks of, for having me. Lots of great stuff. Uh, I, I, I personally took away a lot of stuff, and, and I know that, that others will as well. So I really, really appreciate it, and thank you so very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we're not done yet. Jennifer has put together a special ebook, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Reinvention, and will be giving away a gift basket of some of her most popular items. So be sure to sign up at tedhuff.com.
That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.